internet, you're tuned in episode 68 of the Video Game Pals, the Pals Network's weekly video game podcast, where a group of lifelong gamers get together to talk about video games, the news, and how it all makes us feel. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined today by my ever-present co-host and antagonist, Mr. Andy Brown. I've had a change of heart, and for this week, and this week only, I'm going to try not antagonizing Pete. Face it's turn. A- the face turn is here, guys. 68 episodes in, and Andy's finally changing his character arc. Well, just this week. I don't believe it. I have to lull you into a false sense of security. <laughs> like the security that's given to me by my, by my other guest, the edgelord with the heart of gold, Mr. Robert Thompson. I'm like a big, warm, fuzzy security blanket. Exactly. Just look at his hair. It's got those luscious gold locks. You tell me you don't want to cuddle up in that? You're crazy. And finally, the guildmaster himself, Mr. Sean Bartley. The busy, 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 busy guildmaster himself. Yeah, uh, so we're going to talk about that in just a second. Uh, Sean obviously has been hard at work with the new World of, World of Warcraft expansion. Uh, but before that, um, I'm going to let you guys know where you guys can uh, you know, hook up with us, show, let us know what you're playing this week, send us your random questions, all that fun stuff, uh, by hitting us up at thevideogamepals at gmail.com. And uh, you can hear your thoughts right on the air. You can also follow our sister show at The Comics Pals, wherever your social media is sold to stay up to date with all the stuff we've got going on here at The Pals Network. And if you want to help out the show, you guys can do that by giving us a like on your platform of choice if you're an audio listener. Or heading over to Apple Podcasts, where we're currently a five-star rated show, and giving us one of those sweet, sweet ratings. Uh, and if you're a YouTube viewer, you you can give us a you know a like on this video, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already, and last but not least, share the show with your friends, uh, let them know we're out here and that you're enjoying the show. Oh right, and click the notification bell. That's the other thing I always forget every once in a while because otherwise you won't know when we upload these you know daily videos. So make sure you go check that out. Uh, there's tons of exclusive content over on our YouTube channel. So even if you're usually just an audio only part of the audio only crowd, uh, maybe go give it a shot. Check out some of our interviews, uh, our let's plays. We're doing all kinds of cool stuff over there. And uh, so, now we're going to set the show the way we sometimes do, by talking about what we're playing this week. Uh, As Sean already teased, he's got plenty to say about World of Warcraft, but before that, I just wanted to uh, give a shout-out to a little game called Celeste. Uh, It's a game I enjoyed quite a bit earlier this year. I sang its praises. I picked it up again this week because uh, I'd been meaning to get back to it and finish it up, and I needed something that was easier to jump in and jump out of than Octopath. Um... So Celeste has been kind of filling that gap for me right now, and uh, I'm almost done with the game proper. I think I'm in the beginning of Chapter 5 now, Um, and I'm just really glad that I returned to it because it reminded me what a serious Game of the Year contender this is for me. Damn. Damn. Oh, yeah, Andy. (laughs) I mean, I always knew you'd put too much stock in retro platformers, but... Get out of here! (laughs) We're we're in the first segment! You're already giving me shit! Wow. (laughs) That was but you felt lived. secure that I wasn't going to do that, didn't you? See, I tricked That's you. That's true. It only took you three minutes. <laughs> I mean, it only uh, but... it only took a take as hot as Celeste is a game of the year contender for me. To... <laughs> well, that's fair. I love it. Good lord. Uh, but yeah, I, I guess I just wanted to give 
uh, I wanted to take the opportunity to shout this game out one more time before we got to the game of the year season, uh, just because I think Celeste's excellent game. The mechanics are are like really fantastic. It's one of the sharpest platformers I've ever played. the The art's great. The music is good. The lighting is good. Uh, it's just all around a really solid package, and it's one of the only platformers I've ever seen like actually tell a story well. Um, it's so interesting how the themes of the narrative are represented in the gameplay. And that's a thing that I think is, um, you don't see pulled off very often. So if, you know, you heard my recommendation earlier this year and you forgot about it, maybe you missed that episode or you're a new listener, I wanted to just shout out Celeste one more time and I highly recommend you go pick it up. It's available on any platform and it's not very expensive. If you're at all into, you know, difficult platformers like, uh, you know, your Shovel Knights, your, you know, your Meat Boys, whatever, um, this is one that you might want to give a shot. Awesome, man. I actually have never even seen this game, so I have no clue what it even looks like. You gotta look at it, dude. It just the the art is fucking gorgeous. Uh, it's 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 you know it's it's an old school like Andy said. It's a old school style platformer, pixel art, you know, um, chip tune that kind of stuff. But it but it's also made much like Shovel Knight, you know, as if it was a modern game. So there's a lot of things that it does and achieves that would not have been possible in a game, you know on the hardware that it emulates the the visual style of. Uh, So I think that for me is always fun because I love that aesthetic, but I also love when that aesthetic gets pushed in a new modern direction. So especially now that you have a Switch, Sean, perfect game for that. If you're looking for, you know, uh, just a little something, uh, you know, uh, like when you're on the toilet or something like that, or, you know, you're sitting at the bus stop, you need just something to jam out a couple levels. It's great. Perfect for that. So I'm watching a little bit of it right now. And I think I would rather be playing Cuphead. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, Cuphead's great, too. They're just very different. You know, like, I I find this game to be more rewarding, I think, than Cuphead. Because of the, the mechanics and the way that it... Much like Super Meat Boy, whenever you die, you're just immediately thrown back to the beginning of the board that you were on. You know? Uh, so there's never... At least for me, I don't get as frustrated with Celeste. Like, Cuphead is a game that I'll play for, like, an hour or an hour and a half and then hit a wall where I'm like, I need to take a break. Whereas with Celeste, I find it much easier to just keep going because the the challenges feel more bite-sized and less, like, I have to beat the first two parts of this boss again that I just barely did so that I can figure out what the third phase is, you know? And that became a grind for me in Cuphead as much as I did like it. But that's, like... That's classic shit, right? That's Mega yeah, Man. Like, for that's, sure. That's, you know, that's Mario. We'll see, but no, but even with, with Mega Man, though, right? Like, with Mega Man, if you get good enough at the level, you can get to the end and have your three lives to fight the, fight the boss, and, like, you have a little bit more control over, like, how you attack the bosses. Whereas, like, in Cuphead, I feel like it definitely gets in this thing of, like, you and it is the same though right yeah. i guess where like it is the memorization I, I think it's just how cuphead also bounces you out like when you die you get kicked back to the main menu you have to select the level again and no, you, you have to yeah you do like you, yeah, get, you get like a little ice cream if you want oh yeah you can just do the rematch that's true that's true no you're right you're right you have to start the know, fight man. over sure but and I guess it's like there's like the fanfare in the beginning where the announcer comes back in. There's the countdown. It just feels like it's a long time between me dying and me getting to start another run. 
versus something like a Meat Boy or a Celeste for me, where it is just dead and I'm right back to the beginning. You know, you know? how you'll spend less time uh, between runs in Cuphead? <laughs> Get good. You got it, buddy. That's all I come with. <laughs> <laughs> I probably got farther than you, you jerk. I don't know, man. I, I really don't anyway. know how far you got, so, yeah. World 3. The <laughs> uh, island. The third island. I got to the stupid dragon and then wanted to die. So that's World 2. So you're okay. a chump and I'm the champ. That's what's up. <laughs> oh. Are you? <laughs> wow. <laughs> One day I will beat Cuphead, just so I can say that I did it as a badge of honor. I'll do it. I'll fucking do it. I'll take that challenge. Dude, why not? Thompson, you're good at games and you don't sleep. That's like you being better at a game than us is not hard. What? What, do these badges not mean the same between us? Are we all not men? Like, do do we all not bleed the same color? No, you're you're more machine than man at this point, Thompson. Oh, that's that's a dirty blow. Speaking of speaking of that, uh, you reminded me something along the way, Pete. Um, I actually did pick up a new game, and this is a nice little segue to talk about the couple episodes ago with phone games and stuff because it's an actual fucking mobile game I like. What? Uh, yeah, right. What? It's very few, far between, but um, Fire Emblem Heroes. No, no, no. It's a Warhammer <laughs> 40k game. It's another trading card game I play. Go figure. I'm up to four now. Oh my God. Um, it's called Legions, and it's actually pretty fun. It like has a very slow start and the tutorial sucks but other than that if you get past it the actual like fights against people incredibly fun and um i don't know man it's like it's it sparked an interest in phone games for me for a little bit so that's pretty fun i just figured i'd bring it up because you reminded me of it along the way like you're saying like deshaun like oh you you played on the pooper it's like yep that's what i've been doing with it (laughs) that's cool man Warhammer 40k, an online trading card game, is like the perfect Thompson Venn diagram. Yeah, it's pretty, you know, it's pretty much right there. So the moment I heard about it, I was like, well, this is on my phone. And it's like, Google Play Store? Yep, you can have my info for once. (laughs) (laughs) And now Thompson's really into Clash of Clans. No, stop. (laughs) (laughs) So the game I really want to talk about, you guys, is Clash of Clans. (laughs) Don't know if you've ever heard of it. The game I really want to talk about is Battle for Azeroth, honestly. Uh, Before we get to Battle for Azeroth, I do want to talk about the single dumbest game I've ever played. Oh, what's that? Persona 5, Dancing in Starlight. Or is it Moonlight? Oh my god, I forgot that you played that this week. Yeah. (laughs) That actually happened? I picked up the Japanese version of that game because I figured the music's going to be the same and, you know, rhythm games are press the button when it's on the spot. So it's fine and I'm playing it and enjoying it, but it's the single dumbest thing I've ever played. Why? You mean you don't want to play a rhythm game where you play as a bunch of dancing Japanese teenagers? I mean, I do. That's why I'm doing it. <laughs> um, but it's it's so dumb. There's so many like silly cosmetics and ridiculous remixes of songs. I'm way into it. Would strongly recommend to anyone who enjoyed Persona 5. Andy. I really, I really hope my girlfriend doesn't hear this because I really don't want her to buy that. I don't want to hear that fucking soundtrack for another like eight hundred hours again. I don't have a problem with the soundtrack, but I think I told you guys before that I've heard that shit so much that I'm like abused by it. Like the music has assaulted my senses now. And if I have to hear remixes on the songs, I'm gonna lose it. 
So Andy, what I'm hearing is while you're uh, home visiting, you're going to come over and you and Thompson are going to do a Persona 5 dancing all night uh, Let's Play, right? For Pals. Oh, I'm going to no. take out a loan. I don't just hate so Thompson that much. I can buy like a bodyguard <laughs> to like fend him off if that's the case. Oh, I'm facilitating this. I have to now. No, I'm moving away. You'll never find me. I'm done. <laughs> Going into the mountains or something. Oh, all right. So, Sean, battle for Azeroth. Battle for you're Azeroth. you're a week. We're a week in, right? Yes. Just about uh, six days. Six days. So what out. do we? So just... came out on Monday wow. uh, at six p.m. Eastern, um, and it lasted for about two hours before the servers completely crashed. Oh, oh. for Damn. about three hours. Oh, that's painful. Uh, wow. It is it is painful. It's very painful. So it came back at like midnight? Yeah. About oh. about twelve thirty, one o'clock, we were back on. Uh so you had a couple like so, like solid six hours that you could still play. Yeah, yes, absolutely. <laughs> um it it's incredible. I I'm having such a fantastic time with BFA. I think Blizzard did an incredible job. When it comes to expansions, you really don't ever know what to expect just because right. we've had our ups and downs with expansions and blizzard definitely has learned a lot of lessons from some of the failures of previous expansions and how to avoid them um for, uh, just from big things to small things so for example splitting the horde and alliance uh between zones so that you don't have all the same players trying to do the same quest at the same time. Uh, that removes stress from the server, from having so many people sort of populating the same space. It reduces lag, all that kind of jazz. That's really nice. Um, and then also, all of the zones are so pretty, uh, so well designed. The in-game music is, is better than ever. Um, and there's a lot of variety within the zones as well, which I'm, I'm really impressed by. Uh, obviously, I can't speak to rating yet because that's not out until September 4th. Oh, no. But there's so much to do anyways, you know? There's that much space between the launch and rating? I'm surprised. Yeah, well, there typically is because they want to give you ample time to get 110, or I'm sorry, in this case 120, but gener just max level in general. Um, and they want to give you time to get the gear that you're going to need to get in there and, you know, not be undergeared. Um, that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So right now the grind has been, you know, obviously getting the 120, getting the Mythic Zeros done, um, getting reps, you know, reputation done, uh, all that kind of jazz, world quests. So there's lots to do. Anybody who is a lapsed player, uh, now is a great time to jump back into the game, and I mean that wholeheartedly. You will not run out of things to do. Uh, I haven't yet. This has been... It's its a little unfortunate because I've had such a busy week outside of WoW that I haven't had as much time as I want to just sit and play uh, because <laughs> there is so much to do that I feel behind. But uh, I, I'm honestly having as fun a time as I've had with WoW in the last five years, Damn. six years. 
Wow, that's really saying something. And I'm not even rating yet. So, would you say that, like... Like... Are you are you excited to get to rating, or are you just like enjoying the content that you have right now to work with? I'm absolutely enjoying the content I have right now. Uh, rating is is what it is. It's going to be fun. It always is. I'm happy to be enjoying the other stuff so much. And what happens a lot, it happened in Legion, is that you you know you you start off kind of hot with everything, and then it cools. Sure. Uh, and and then, you know, you're just logging into raid and then you're logging off type thing. I'm happy to feel like I want to explore the world. You know, like I want to yeah, kill the yeah. raiders. I want to find the treasure chests. I want to do the reps. I'm interested still in the world quests and the dungeons and everything else. It feels nice to just be able to enjoy those things. So I'm just I'm just coasting on that and not really trying to look forward too much. Awesome, dude. Yeah, I'm, I'm really happy for you, uh, and I'm sure there'll be a lot more to talk about in the weeks to come um, when you get a little bit more time with the game, but I'm glad that your initial impressions are so hot. Uh, it definitely seemed like this was going to be a really big, substantial update, so the fact that it, it seems like they really delivered, uh, that's great. I haven't heard one person complain about BFA. Well, you're hearing me complain about it right now. It's taking my friend Sean's time away, and I don't like that. (laughs) Hey, man, I'm here. That's what matters. I'm here. It's like, can you imagine, like, if if Sean wore glasses, we could just see the reflection. He's just got wow in the background. (laughs) It's like, yeah, that that news sounds interesting. That news sounds real interesting. God damn it, you noobs. Why are you dying to the boss? Stop standing in the fucking fire. We're going beyond the flames, (laughs) not in the flames. (laughs) Uh, Alright, so if you guys want to let us know uh, what you're playing this week, if you guys are enjoying Battle for Azeroth, or uh, if you've checked out Celeste earlier this year, remember you can hit us in the comments down below, get us at thevideogamepals at gmail.com, or hit us up at thecomicspals, wherever your social media is sold. So with that, I'd like to bring back a little rotating segment we have not done in quite some time. A good old-fashioned buy or sell. Ooh, alright. Yeah, it's been a minute since we've done one of these, but uh, I, I actually came up with this one last week, but then Tyler wrote in with a random question, so I was able to sit on it. Uh, so I wanted to throw this out for you guys this week. If you had to choose between only ever playing new games or only ever playing old games for the rest of your life, what would you choose? And I just saw Andy's eyes bug out. <laughs> I have a question, question, for, this question. for your question. Hit me, hit me with your follow-ups, boys. Thompson, you go first. So does that include like if a game is a, a as a service like uh, you can't you can't get like expansions like WoW or whatever or it's just like as is, like Ooh, is or that is a good question. or is like patches or like tweaks to the game like League is always you know changing but it's still League you know. Hmm. Like where's the line on that? <laughs> that's a good. That's a good question. I think we're gonna we're gonna have to say that as long as the game is regularly updated. It's a, it's modern. So you would I would say No, that's tough though. Hmm. Cuz I wouldn't consider WoW a new game. Yeah, like so like the StarCraft 2's like subsequent 
expansions count because it's still StarCraft 2, but they just add content to it through, like, essentially new games, even though it's not? You have to put a cutoff, like, a, a, a year date on this. That might because, also be a thing, too. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, of the nature of games of service as services. Okay. All right, all right, fine. So a games of service game, you can do it, but it doesn't count after, we'll say, five years. Five okay. years ago or five years from release? From release. Okay, so then WoW after 2009 doesn't exist. Would be an old game, yes. Okay, and then every and then what about like God of War that just came out? Does that count? That's a new game. So okay, so you're talking. You're saying that 2009 is the cutoff. Sure. Fine. Does that cutoff <laughs> move it, like as the future goes? Like. Because if I can answer your question by just moving back a couple years in gaming and then playing, you know, games as they become old rather than when they're new, I'm going to take that. Yeah, you could do that. What? That would work. I don't even get that. He wants to so, ride like, he's the... Saying, like, does the timeline move? So, like, does a game eventually become old and then you're allowed to play it? <laughs> Which, like, I guess in this weird monkey's paw scenario it's that like, I cooked up. If he chooses only old games. This, this is getting too complicated. Let's just say anything after 2009 is just... That doesn't count. Okay. That's fine with me. I didn't mean to, like, poke a hole in this so all right, bad. All right, no, how about this? How about this? <laughs> I'll, I'll set it this way so that there's a clear... Oh, we'll do it by generations of of like content, right? Oh, so right. it would be that right now, right in the modern era, you would only be allowed to play software that is new and coming out on you know the the current set of of consoles, and anything that's before that would be considered old, and it would be that way from moving forward. So like when you get to the new generation, you can either play all that new stuff or you can keep playing the same old stuff. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh. Huh. Well, I have an answer. Go Nostalgia for it. over new experiences, boys. What do you got for me, Thompson? As much as I live on StarCraft twenty years later, I would rather play new games because I don't know if there's going to be a new StarCraft coming out ever, like something like that. You know, if there's a new game that's really just going to take my soul away, so I have to go with that because I'll take the chance. Uh. As comforting as as all the games I've mentioned in my life are, I'd rather find a new one periodically or never again. It doesn't matter. But the hope of finding one, that's what keeps me going. Yeah, I, I, I would definitely land on that Make side of the argument as well. Um, I love I love the classics, you know, um, and there's like, games I love to replay. But I think I'm, I'm always more interested in having a new experience than revisiting an old one. I feel you. I'm on uh, Team Pete and Thompson here. I'm going to have to make it four. Yeah, really? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, come on. I'm going to live for like another ten years, and there's going to be all these games that come out, and I'm going to want to play them. Yeah. That's I how I feel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's one of those things of, like, it would be tough. Like, there's so many experiences I would miss not ever getting to have again, but it's like, I still have those memories, you know? Okay, new buy or sell. New games or old games plus your memory of them. Like, you have oh, to get no. rid of your memory of that? Of that? <laughs> well, yeah, I you have to so. eternal sunshine of the spotless mind yourself of any video game release before 2009 if you want to play new <laughs> games. I won't be bothered because I don't remember. It's worse to have I mean, the memories. 
<laughs> I might actually keep my memories then because, you know, who I am was shaped by video games, essentially. So I don't know if I'd be the same person. I'd probably be a total asshole to you guys and everyone around me. I'd probably just be, like, fucking throwing Molotov cocktails around. <laughs> so like then how are you not man. the same person? Because because I would have had a different life without the video game memories. It would have just been, like, weird. No. I would have... But I'm saying the person you just described is still the same person you are, being a total asshole that's throwing Molotov cocktails. I mean, Andy, you're really pushing it. I haven't thrown Molotov in weeks. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) In weeks? Can you tell me when the last time you did was? (laughs) The last time someone pissed me off and questioned me. (laughs) (laughs) Right, Pete? (laughs) Oh, shit. Pete remembers. (laughs) Yeah, I do. Uh, anyway. Just as unstable as ever. (laughs) (laughs) So, if you guys want to let us know your answer to this question, you can hit us in all the places I mentioned just before. Videogamepals at gmail.com. At the Comics Pals on your social media. Hit us in the comments down below. I want to hear your answers. So, with that, I guess that means it's time for... The news! The news! We talking about the news! The news! The news! We talking about the news! Alright! So, we've got another solid uh, list this week. Five items on the news list. And uh, we're going to start with an update on last week's Philip Muchin story uh, from US Gamers article by uh, one Mr. Matt Kim. Uh, So, basically... uh, What's happened now, right? We we talked about it last week... uh, Philip had, you know, gotten in trouble for this plagiarism of uh, his Dead Cells review. He challenged Kotaku and the rest of the internet to find more examples of it. They found more <laughs> examples of it in droves. And um, now, uh, they it's ridiculous. They even found that, like, he had plagiarized his, like, uh, his LinkedIn profile was, like, copy-pasted from some other website what? and stuff. Oh, my God. And, yeah, like, it was all his information, but, like, the format was copy and pasted from a template and, and just no no changes made. Um, so, uh, since then, more has come out, right? And IGN has made the decision to remove all of his content from their website. Uh, so, here, here's a little bit from Matt's article. Uh, so he said, It's been a hell of a week for Philip Muchin, the ex-Nintendo editor at IGN who was fired after allegations he plagiarized his review of Dead Cells on, on Switch from a YouTuber. Since then, Muchin received a poorly-received response video on YouTube where he also seemingly dared Kotaku to call him out on plagiarism. Well, let's just say his dare was called out, and I, now IGN has proactively removed all articles written by Muchin from the site after even more instances of plagiarism were uncovered. So uh, here's the, the commentary from IGN's editorial manager, Justin Davis. Uh, he put out a couple tweets that basically, you know, I- I explained what had happened, and he had this to say. Deeply disappointed and upset that it's looking uh, more and more likely that we unwittingly hosted work that was directly lifted from or at best heavily derived from others. I assure you we are taking very active steps to remove it all and make it right. I feel betrayed. Um, so then in Matt's article, he also points out that important reviews, um, stuff like Doom on Switch, uh, seem to, right now it seems like their plan is to have it redone by other writers and republished to the site after it's taken down. So we'll, we'll see where that all ultimately shakes out, but, uh, I just kind of wanted to give this last update on what seems to be a period on the, the Philip Mugin plagiarism story. Uh... This has just been like such a such a shitty situation, and it's unfortunate to have to see like IGN trying to pick up the pieces um, now in in this aftermath, uh, while Philip is still 
been totally radio silent on Twitter and YouTube and any other form of online communication. Yeah, I mean, what do you expect him to say, though, right? Like, I didn't expect him to dare them to search for more. I mean, that's kind of dumb. That's a bad idea. <laughs> that was really stupid. <laughs> I, look, he's obviously not a bright guy. He's obviously not a guy who has integrity. He, you know, based his entire career off the work of others. And I don't really think that even looking for an explanation or an excuse or anything is worth our time, you know? We know who he is. He's, he's a scumbag. He, he, and he proved it literally after his first response. He never once even tried to remotely show genuine remorse or regret over what he did. The only thing he regrets, if anything, is that he got caught. Yep. I completely agree with that, Sean. That's true. <clears throat> yeah, yep. and uh, I'm just I'm just glad enough has come out that, like, there's nobody that's going to hire this dude. You know, like, it, he's done. And he deserves to be done. So, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'd say best of luck, Philip, but I don't mean it. So... Uh, let's just hope this is the last time we had to talk about you. So moving right along, uh, Diablo 3 is coming to Nintendo Switch, and Forbes fucking goofed. Did you guys see this? No. So, uh, Diablo 3 got confirmed for Switch, but Forbes leaked it, like, a full day and a half early. Uh, just posted the article for, like, five minutes or whatever, and was like, oh shit, like... (laughs) Oh, I was gonna say that they just scooped everybody else, but damn. Yeah, no, I think it was definitely, like, it was very much a thing, like, they threw it up, and then it got taken down, and it was like, oh, oh, shit. So I, th- I think they just broke embargo. <laughs> but, uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, uh, obviously somebody must have, like, uh, you know, misclicked, published kind of thing. It's like, oh, you know, that that does happen, but uh, it's rough. But uh, so after they, they leaked this announcement a full day early, uh, Nintendo has confirmed that Diablo will be the first Blizzard game on a Nintendo platform in 15 years since they brought StarCraft to the N64. I remember uh, that shit. Yeah, right? It's been a while. I actually just came across a copy of StarCraft 64 the other day when I was, uh, I was oh out like, for the first time in a while. <laughs> we, should, we should get that. No, we shouldn't. It's bad. <laughs> That's why I want you to play it. No, because it's split screen RTS on the same screen. That's stupid. You can see what everyone's doing. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. We gotta set up a LAN party, dude. It'll be great. What? There ain't no LAN party with a 64. <laughs> Thompson doesn't believe in himself or in trying hard. Wow. <laughs> no, I also just don't want to cream somebody in original StarCraft so hard. Ooh. Or what we could do is we could do it like they did back in the day where you do split screen and you put a piece of cardboard between the TV so he can't cheat. I mean, <laughs> hey, that, that is fair. That, that could happen. I didn't even know people used to do that. I wish yeah, it was I like known. a thing. <laughs> My siblings were the worst. They used to always yeah, right. set up the bunk watches, bed, man. hook up like a sheet from between the middle bunks to the, the split screen line. Yeah, that's another one. It also requires you having, uh, you know, other people to play with, too. Which yeah, I need, you need at least one friend. Which nowadays you don't need to do that because you have internet. <laughs> yeah, so instead of your real life friends, you can get matched up with strangers in China who are hacking. Well, or people if you're who playing call PUBG. you mean names. 
Oh, poor PUBG. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, you know, they, they announced this in typical Nintendo fashion. They had a cute little announcement trailer with Reggie getting eaten by a demon. We're calling uh, that cute? (laughs) That was the most awkward trailer I've ever seen. I love it. It was, but I love it because it's how, like, I can't not laugh when they just have, like, Reggie and, like, other people just do bad acting. Like, it's, it's, it's infinitely charming to me. Like, you know, it's just like... Oh, hello, Reggie. I'm calling you on Skype. <laughs> it's like I gotta, I gotta set this one live for all the fans. Clicks the go live button. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I love it. I just, I loved seeing um, Reggie and Mike because Mike, Mike Morhaime, who who uh, works for Blizzard, I think he's he. I forget the what co-founder his and role. CEO. Yeah. I think um, yeah. he's he's very much like a Reggie type for blizzard like right um and so seeing those two together was really cool um and you know i don't i don't care about diablo at all but i just love the way they announced this it was it was i don't know it was kind of nice yeah it's just it's, it's a cool announcement i'm with you or like i i don't really care about diablo in the first place and i've played more than enough diablo 3 um when it was on playstation 4 with uh what? with my roommate back in college the, you don't but, remember um, the stone of jordan economy from diablo 2 come on now it's like you don't never, even try <laughs> i was never a diablo 2 person uh never played diablo 1 or 2 so i can't i used to, to literally buy and sell those stones of jordan rings on ebay back then like that's not a joke man i made a bunch it's of ridiculous. money selling fucking diablo 2 items <laughs> But uh, obviously, this is just a cool announcement because, like, you know, like we pointed out at the top, like this is the first time Blizzard and Nintendo have worked together in years, you know, like over a decade. So um, obviously, that's pretty cool. And you know, in typical old game coming to Switch fashion, there's going to be all the previous DLC included with some Nintendo uh, exclusive content, including a uh, Coco companion pet, a uh, Triforce portrait frame for your character, and a transmogrification set that lets you uh, dress like Ganondorf. So, some pretty cool stuff. If you're a fan of Diablo 3, you want to play uh, as Ganondorf, you want to have it on the go, uh, you're finally going to have that option. So, seems like a perfect, uh, you know, a perfect home for Diablo 3, I think. Yeah, I, I, I mean, this is fine. I, I was wondering as I was watching this, like, are there people out there who have already played Diablo who want to do it again on Switch? And are there people out there who haven't played Diablo who think Switch is a better home than the computer? You know, I think I think there is probably a cross-section there in the same way that, like, there were some people who still hadn't played Fortnite that started playing it on Switch for the first time. You know, like, I think... Switch is a, a console where if there's a game that you maybe thought about playing and didn't, it's like, oh, well, maybe I'll pick it up now that it's on Switch and I can take it on the go. Or, oh, I was looking for, like, a good co-op game on my Switch to play with my, you know, my partner or my kids or my roommate or whatever. And Diablo's great for that. You know, it's, it's a, certainly a good couch co-op game. And I think it's, at least with my experience with it, I would much rather play it as a couch co-op game than a PC game. Because um, I don't think the game itself is engaging enough. Uh, to play solo, you know, or even to play, like, over, you know, Discord or whatever. Like, I guess you could, but for me, the the time that I had the most fun with Diablo 3 was when I was, like, sitting on a couch with somebody and we were, like, having, you know, drinking beers or whatever and just, like, going, running through the raids, you know, and just and just bopping mooks. Right. 
You heard it here first. You can only find the game fun while drinking. So that's a level of excitement I that mean, he has. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying, you know? No, no, you gotta be literally playing with somebody else and being like, you know, getting a little drunk there. Not drunk, you know what I mean. But having a few drinks, then Diablo 3 is okay. <laughs> that's what I'm hearing. Yeah, no, I'm... Man, like, I, I think yeah, I'm with Andy. Sean on this one. I, I'm not sure I know who this is for. There, there's like definitely another like thing to consider. Like for me, I always think pretty much every game is like better on the PC, right? But I haven't really played Diablo three on the PC. Like I've played the shit out of every other game. I didn't really enjoy through that much. Um, I didn't want it on the PS four or anything when it came out because I didn't feel like it felt for me there like at home like it does for Pete. Uh, but for the Switch, like he said, like it does sound enticing. Like I'm not gonna get it, but like there is a small section, you know, if it was on sale or something, like I wouldn't mind picking it up for the Switch because like I don't have anything against the game. It's just like I think it might be better to pick it up once in a while, kind of like just do like a quick thing in and out. And the Switch is perfect for that, you know. It's harder to do that on the PC, and it's harder to get like some couch co-op going either way for me. So yeah, totally. Um, and I, I feel like Diablo 3 is, like, definitely, it can be a fun party game. Like, it, it's it's a good game if you've yeah. got, like, you know, a couple friends over and you just want something that's, like, you know, kind of easy and mindless. Like, it's it's good at that, mm-hmm. you know? Until you get it, to the it, higher up stuff. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, and then you should have okay. some people in the group. I don't know. I, I think I think I think it will be at home on Switch. I wonder, I'm interested to see how it actually does considering... To your guys' point, like, it has been out on so many other platforms already. Like, you had ample opportunity to play this game already. But um, a, a mutual friend of, uh, of, of a couple of hours uh, I saw on, on Facebook the other day expressing that he was really excited for it, though. And he's like, well, I've already bought it on every other platform. I'll buy it again. I'm just like, That's cool. more power to you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure there, there are Blizzard fanboys out there who feel that way. So uh, at least for Blizzard's sake, I hope so. So, uh, this new partnership has fans wondering what other Blizzard games might make it to Nintendo Switch and, uh, which we should give up on. So, uh, Tamar Hussein, who's a, uh, a writer who worked with GameSpot on this article, uh, got to sit down with, uh, the senior producer of Diablo, Pete's, uh, or not of Diablo, um, one of the senior producers at Blizzard, uh, Pete Stillwell, and, um... Basically, he said that, you know, Diablo 3 was, like, a great opportunity for them to, like, learn the Nintendo Switch's technology and kind of get a more intimate understanding with it. And uh, he talked a little bit about the idea of bringing other Blizzard games to the platform. So this is what he had to say. Uh, Quote, anything is within the realm of possibility. Our team was given the task to work on this. If over and this is an insert if overwatch developer team four picks up that endeavor that's on them as of right now diablo is our only focus on switch uh and then when he was asked if he thought overwatch could run on switch he said yes it's feasible uh and then starcraft 2 also came up in that conversation because of the un64 you know version and everything like that and he had he made the point that he doesn't necessarily think it would be this uh, as good a fit right so he said the n64 version of starcraft was cool but you had to change the game quite a bit to make it work properly on console starcraft 2 is the next is next level requirements from how much dexterity you need with a mouse and keyboard so i think that would have been a difficult port it would have to change the core gameplay and uh you know then you know he said obviously like with overwatch it's a uh it's a it's already works on controllers so all you really have to do is just bump down the frame rate you know and and uh, some of the graphics, and there's no reason to think that it wouldn't work. 
so what do you guys think about this? I feel like Overwatch on Switch could actually be a much more uh, enticing thing for, for Blizzard. Because I definitely could see that game, you know, finding a new audience on Nintendo Switch. Or having some people who already play it maybe, you know, grabbing it for on-the-go play. I mean... I would certainly consider it. Overwatch is in the public zeitgeist and Diablo's not. So if there's anything that makes sense that Blizzard produces to have on Switch, it is Overwatch, without question. Sure. Yeah, I I think that if Blizzard's going to be putting out old content on the Switch, Overwatch is the right content to do. Um, I also just... I'm really not sure how well, like, it would it would move just because everybody's already got Overwatch. I don't know, and I know, like, games do well on Switch and people like the Switch, but, like, it's a two-year-old game that if you're playing it, still, you've got two years into this game, you've got how many levels and cosmetics, and Blizzard's not going to let you roll those over to a different platform. That's one of the things I think might actually make it appeal to people, though, is in the same way that, like, you saw a bunch of people jump on Fortnite for the first time when it was on Switch, is like, oh, there's an even playing ground. Like, there'll be other new players, everybody's starting at level one, everybody's learning with a new control scheme, maybe I have a chance to jump in here and not get bodied, you know? I mean, maybe, but I'm... If I was making decisions at Blizzard... I probably wouldn't be crazy about it, um, but if it comes out, I, I want to see it do well. I like Overwatch. I'm not going to buy it. I'd think about it. I definitely would. I definitely... But all right. I, oh, no, go I ahead, Sean. I was going to say, I, de- I definitely see Andy's point. Um, like, I'm, I, I don't play Overwatch, but I'm thinking about HOTS. One million percent, I would never, ever, ever want to start that over again anywhere i don't care where there's no way yeah yeah like starting the progression over again no chance i feel like i feel like if you're really hardcore into a game though like people make smurf accounts and stuff you know like that's not unheard of you're right and i think the other thing that i was going to say was at the same time this isn't there's it's not like there's not precedent for people doing stuff like this so right will be people who, who who do it and and also i think we also underestimate just a tiny bit the amount of people who haven't played yet. It's, it's, exactly. it's mind-blowing to think about it, but I think about this a little differently than Diablo just because Diablo's been out for so long and it's also not a popular game at the moment. But Overwatch is, and there are people who haven't played who are waiting for their moment or are intimidated or whatever, and they see it come out on the Switch, and it's like, well, I have the Switch. Cons- our computer is scary to me. I have a Switch. Let me just try it, get, you know, take the plunge type thing. So I don't think it's the dumbest idea. I don't think it's a dumb idea. I do think that there's worry there, but I can see it working. Yeah, I think so too. I really do. Um, and I'd be interested to see because I think not only is there not, 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 not a precedent for this, there's also not, not a precedent for games to come out on the Switch as, like, the fifth or whatever platform that it's on, and it find new life, you know? So, um, 
We'll have to see. We'll have to see. I, I'm very interested to see where the relationship between Nintendo and Blizzard goes from here and how it continues to to evolve. Because, um, yeah, seeing seeing more Blizzard stuff on Switch would certainly be interesting. Let me get World of Warcraft on Switch, and we'll, then we'll fucking talk. Wow, that's disgusting. <laughs> oh, my God. You, uh... <laughs> I broke the man. Yeah. Oh. So, uh, moving right along to uh, a little bit of Bethesda news this week. Uh, Bethesda, it seems, may not release the Elder Scrolls Legends, uh, which is their, their card game, which Thompson's a big fan of, on PlayStation because of their attitudes towards cross-play and cross-progression. So uh, this comes from a, uh, an interview that, um, that Game Informer did. Sorry, I accidentally just closed it, so you guys get to get a peek behind the kimono here That's uh, while I p- pull the quote back up. Yeah, people love that. Uh, okay. People do love Pete's so, kimonos. <laughs> yeah, so this, this comes from a, uh, an interview with uh, Andrew Reiner over at, uh, at Game Informer. So uh, at uh, QuakeCon, he got to sit down with Pete Hines, who's uh, Bethesda's senior VP of global marketing and communications, very much kind of the face of, uh, of the company in a lot of ways. And uh, they talked a bit about, about the game making its way to, uh, to consoles. And here's what Hines had to say. The Elder Scrolls Legends is a strategy card game that encompasses both single and multiplayer. It's both cross-platform play and cross-platform progress. So this is back to uh, to the article. It says, I cut him off at this point to clarify that crossplay would be uh, would only be on, quote, certain systems, since I figured it wouldn't apply on PS4. Heinz replied, it is our intention in order for the game to come out. It has to be those things on any system. We cannot have a game that works one way across everywhere else except for on this one thing. It's hard to read when people just have stream of consciousness. Um, <laughs> the way the game works right now on Apple, Google, Steam, and Bethesda.net, it doesn't matter where you buy your stuff. If you play it on another platform, that stuff is there. It doesn't matter what platform you play on. You play against everyone else who is playing at that moment. There's no, oh, it's easier to control or it has a better frame rate on this system. It's a strategy card game. It doesn't matter. So uh, then he you know, pushed back and asked if there's a chance it won't come out on PS4, if that's their attitude. And he said, we continue to talk with all of our platform partners, but those terms are essentially non-negotiable. We can't be talking about one version of Legends where you take uh, your progress with you and another version where you stay within that ecosystem or it's walled off from everything else. This is counter to what the game has been about. And uh, he pushed again and said, Sony isn't letting Fortnite offer cross-play, and that game is the biggest thing out there right now. And he says, I'm aware. I'm just telling you that's our stance. That is our intent, and that is our message. Not specific to anyone in particular, but to everyone we are talking about. This is 100% clear. This is what we are doing, what we need, and what we intend. So... I I fucking love Pete Hines, man. He he just doesn't give a fuck. Uh, he like he has done this several times, like throwing Sony under the bus of like, hey, we're ready to do this. They won't play ball. That's my stance. And uh, I gotta say, I just I appreciate that he's both a straight shooter, but also sleek, like snuck in that like, hey, I'm not targeting anyone directly. I'm just saying this is this is our stance. So, so- if you have a problem with that. Mm, so I love that, and I love that Bethesda's basically the only company that could pull this off, I think, because their games are huge, and, like, always are, and, like, Elder Scrolls Legends probably isn't going to be that big, but, like, Fallout, no. Elder Scrolls, whatever, 
Like those Bethesda first party games come out and they just sell a million copies every month for eight years. Um, and Bethesda doesn't have its own console, so they get to like push Sony around a little bit. Yep. It's just it's just so funny that Bethesda's been openly beefing with Sony for like ten years now. Yeah, it's it's like basically ever since Skyrim wouldn't run on PS3, yep. they've just been like, "What the fuck ever, Sony? Fine." <laughs> but it's it's funny because I I think you're right that like they don't need to worry about yep. this. Like, obviously, the PlayStation is a huge market, but this is a game where they're able to like make this stance. Because it's like, well, this is what the game is, and, you know, if people really want to play it, they'll play it on their phone or their PC or anywhere else where it's available, and it doesn't really matter if you can't play it on PlayStation. Whereas, like, it would be way more interesting if they said this about, like, Fallout 76, you know? Which, obviously, they're not going to fucking do. They need to sell the units on PlayStation 4 for a game like that, but with this... Where it's a smaller game, it's downloadable, it's available, like, you can run it on fucking any, like, literally anything. You know, like, Thompson's janky-ass phone runs this game just fine, so... <laughs> right. Uh, it's true. You know. And... You, uh... Oh, Andy? If, if Sony tries to put push back on something like Fallout 76 because of this stance, um, all Pete Hines or Todd Howard has to do is go to Sony and just be like, okay, Elder Scrolls 6 is an Xbox exclusive, and Sony shits their pants. Yeah, right? It's like, yeah, fine, we'll take money. Yep. Like, from Microsoft, who would be happy to nail down a Bethesda exclusive, you know? Like, the idea of that isn't as crazy as it sounds, especially when you think about the fact that, like, we're at this, we're, we have a new console cycle coming up, you know? Like, something like that could happen. Do I think it will? Probably not, because PlayStation's a huge market, especially right now. Right. But, but I, think, I think the threat of that is all the leverage that Bethesda needs to get away with saying whatever they want about Sony in public. Yeah, especially because Sony won't not put the game on the PlayStation 4. Yep. You know, unless unless Bethesda withholds it, um, which they're probably not going to do. You know, unless it, unless this cross-play, cross-progression issue continues to become more and more relevant and Sony won't budge. You know, which I think the longer this conversation goes on, the more likely it is that they flinch. They have to. I, yeah, because I, I uh, it, it's a bad look. You know, like it, it, there's there's I don't see what they gain from this stance. You know, it, it just seems tone deaf. And uh, and it's like it reminds me of like when we've criticized like Nintendo for their like attitudes about like streaming or like Let's Plays and stuff where it's just like it just feels like you're not like you don't get it. You know, it's like I, the the how this looks is worse than whatever percentage of Fortnite revenue you might miss out on, you know. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, it's one thing to do this now. They can't do this the next console cycle because people are going to be choosing their console from scratch as opposed to whatever they have at the moment, and you don't want to do anything bad to influence people's choice. You know, you want to make people feel great about choosing your console, and uh, that's I'm on record saying that this doesn't matter much. And I don't think it does right now, but I think if you keep this up, uh, and it and it continues into the next generation, that's when it becomes a problem. I think yep. it's yeah. And I I, oh, oh, no, I think it's so weird that Sony, like, is so sh- like hard line against this when 
their like their strategy for selling PS4s for the longest time has been like the PS4 is where you come to play your beautiful single player like cinematic action games. And it's like and also just the narrative of like gamers first. Yeah, it's like they should <laughs> they should want you to own a PS4 to sell their software. And that's what they've been selling it on for so long. And it doesn't make sense that they aren't like, yeah, sure, play with, you know, whoever on whatever other platform. They're going to want a PS4 to play these games. Yeah, because it's the whole thing of, like, that's the backbone, right? It's like, to your point, like, they use their first-party offerings to sell right. hardware, to get you in the door of, well, if you're hedging one way or the other, we've got God of War, we've got The Last of Us, we've got Uncharted, you know, we've got uh, the big, we've got one of the biggest games everyone's talking about this year. And you can only play it on PlayStation. And the fact that there's any other thing that they can be like, but we're going to fuck you with this. Or, or we're going to nickel and dime you with that. It's like, it, it, it just creates an easy narrative that's anti-Sony. And when they've done pretty much no wrong for the rest of this console generation, to do it now is just dumb. It's dumb. Like, because even, you know, like, they didn't have as good online as Xbox, right? Ever. But there wasn't any major outages this year, right? Like, there weren't the, like, there weren't the same level of drama around online as there was with the PS3. They had a good selection of first-party offerings. They've had the best third-party partnerships. You know, like, the PS4 has been all positive. And now they waited until this thing with the biggest game in the world to make this very public, seemingly anti-consumer move, right? And it is an anti-consumer move. And it just, it sets the stage for Xbox to have an opportunity to take back the throne. And you don't want that. You know, you don't want to even give them a fucking inch. Yeah, but, you know, that's logic. <laughs> and a cocky Sony always shows up and it logically does something after they've had a great yeah, run. This is just I know. history it's, repeating video itself. Game companies it's just, weather it's on the never-ending cycle. Is like Microsoft shot itself in the foot at the Xbox, Xbox One launch. Nintendo released a Wii U. This is just what we live through, you know? I but mean, it's, it's, tr it's true. Like you said, like it's always hubris, right? Like the PlayStation 3 was a flop because Sony was too like proud after ps2 xbox one was the same thing like they shot themselves in the foot because they thought well you'll buy it it's an xbox and f fun fact we fucking won't and the same thing with nintendo it's the wii u you don't get it you'll get it there'll be the software there there mm, well it didn't take off and then when they were hungry they made the switch when playstation was hungry they had that february conference about the ps4 and said all the right things and when xbox was hungry they created game pass they, you know, uh, figured out backwards compatibility. They have done all of these pro-consumer moves because they had to. And, oh, God, Sony, I am so nervous for where they're putting yeah, themselves Yeah, I can't right wait now. to see what, like, ridiculous piece of hardware Sony's going to make mandatory on PS5 that's going to bump the price point up because they think, oh, they'll buy it. It's a PS5. <laughs> I that's hope not. they'll just I say really, that's, that's what happened with the PS3. It's what happened with the Xbox One. PS3 launched at six hundred dollars for a Blu-ray drive. It didn't need the Xbox One launched too high because of a mandatory Connect at launch. Like 
It may not need the Blu-ray drive, but they were just thinking about the future with, like, game sizes and all that. So, like, they burdened the first people buying it with their idea of expanding. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. they fucked up on that respect. There was just a lot of tech in that thing, too. It also had the guts of a PlayStation 2, you know, like, so that you could yeah. do full backwards compatibility But, but and you'd think building and... a PS2 couldn't, shouldn't cost more than, like, at that point, you know, like, they had got it down to a science. They'd been building it for, like, 15 years or something. It was shit. just a lot in that box. Oh, for sure. I'm not... I'm, I'm not saying that, listen, I think 600 was a little much, that's all. I'm not saying it wasn't egregious, it's just, uh, it, it seems like, you know, the the callousness we were talking about, too, you know, they, they said, like, get another job if you don't want to, you know, like, whatever, you know, they're like, you'll buy it, you know, like, the one guy was quoted as saying, like, people just need to get more money for it, big deal, like, I don't know, that just rubs me the wrong way, so. Sure. Just pick up more shifts at work, that's the problem. Yeah, that's basically what they said, and it's like I did, I did get more money for it, and you gave me a system that broke after a year, and like that's you, oh, that's on you, you know, like I got your, you know, I got it, and it, you fucked me. <laughs> so. You know, I, I, uh, I'm not really in the like I don't go on forums to read what people think about stuff like that. So when the yeah. PS3 came out and it was breaking and stuff, mine, I was just like, man, this sucks. But I didn't think Sony sucks, you know. I didn't. I didn't um, have a negative perception of them. So it's only now with you guys that I've learned that they were perceived so poorly at that time for decisions that were made and for all that stuff. I had no clue. Yeah, you felt yeah. like abandoned, especially for like first, you know, generation adopters. Like they didn't help me fix the damn thing without wanting like eighty dollars or whatever every time they they and then it would work for a month maybe. And it was like I already spent a shitload on this thing, you know. And then you find out that like the new ones that are coming out aren't backwards compatible, and like it was crazy. Like they gave you like a really tiny drive on the first ones. You you had like no choice, so like you had best like three games on the damn thing. Yep. Um, before you had to, you know, it was just like a slew of problems, and then to yeah. top it off, you couldn't even use it after I you think know, a year. I, for me, the big thing too is like I remember just being really bitter about it because you know I'm a I'm a Sony guy, you know, like yeah, I, I've been too. a PlayStation person, you know, like a PlayStation was my first console, PS2 was my favorite console of that generation, and uh, I was you know what thirteen or fourteen, maybe maybe even younger when PlayStation Three came out. And when they were like, oh, get another job. I'm like, I don't even have one job, bro. I can't convince my parents to buy me a fucking $600 console or a $700 console. Like, get the fuck out of here. So I ended up with an Xbox. And I missed out on all of the games. And it sucked. I mean, it was like bittersweet in the exact opposite. Because the first year had all the games. And then after that, Xbox had the momentum. And then it had all the games so like you didn't miss out on too much really well nah because playstation 3 exclusives are still like they fucking put the microsoft ones to shame like halo 3 was a great experience every other microsoft exclusive game of of that generation was not important to me but i mean like most of the ps3 ones you have sung the praises of viva pinata to me for so fucking long i take that back viva pinata is i would have bought an xbox 360 for viva pinata that game (laughs) is a bona fide fucking classic The other thing, too, is, like, most of the PS3 ones eventually ended up coming to the PS4 anyway, or, like, in some other fashion that you could get access to. So, like, I don't feel like you... you... Still waiting. Still waiting on some of those collections. I still need... You got a, the Uncharted uh, one. That's, like, your favorite No, that one we got. I got Last of Us Remastered. I need I need the uh, Infamous Collection and a Resistance Collection. I, the and... Resistance Collection? I actually own that. 
just we'll just play Let it. Let's give me. I have a PS3 now, so I could do it. We'll just play. It. Go get it from our friend Jared. I want a remaster, though. God. They're not gonna remaster that game. Resistance, man. Wow. I fucking love Resistance. Yeah. Incredible. I bought the Hashtag PS3, you know, collection when I didn't own a PS3. That's how much I like it. It's like I can't even play this game. I'm buying it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so uh, speaking of of games I associate with Sony, anyway, uh, the Spyro Reignited Collection has been delayed from its original September twenty first release date to November thirteenth, and I thank God. Why? Because it gives me some space to play Spider Man and Red Dead Redemption too. Oh yeah, makes sense. I'm gonna pick this up. Have it be like a nice December game, you know? Be playing this and Smash. It'll be a good time. Uh, but. Here's what we had to say from Toys for Bob, the developer behind the Ignited Trilogy. Uh, the co-studio head, Paul Yan, said this in the, the company's statement about the, the delay. Excuse me. Oh, God, there it comes. Excuse me. Everyone here at Toys for Bob is so proud to be reigniting the original Spyro trilogy after all these years. We're deeply committed to getting these games right, so we've decided to move the release date of Spyro Reignited trilogy to November 13th, 2018. I really hope that you would be uh, oh, I really hoped that you would be rescuing dragons and scorching Rhinox sooner, but the trilogy needs more love and care. In November, when you're exploring the Dragon Realms, Avalar and the Forgotten Worlds, we'll know you'll agree that the extra time was worth the wait. Uh so it's fine by me, man. Um, I, I've seen a lot of people expressing a similar sentiment of like, I mean, I really want to get this, but like Tomb Raider and Spider-Man and Red Dead all come out then. So my wallet is already well stressed about all these games I got to buy. So I'm totally happy uh, to wait on this one a little bit longer. And if that little bit of TLC means we get a more polished product, never a bad thing. We've talked about this with other situations before. Um, it, you wait for quality, you know? Yep. And it doesn't matter if you're looking forward to this. Either way, you're going to be playing it. So who cares if it takes a couple extra months to come out? You've got other stuff, uh, that's happening anyways. Yeah. It's like that would, this would have been a lot more disappointing if this was like a summer game. Like if it had been like, Oh, this is the game I'm looking forward to in August or whatever. But it's like where it was coming out. Dude, there's so many fucking games coming out that are deeply, deeply exciting. So it's like, whatever. Wait a couple more weeks. Like, even if it was, like, ready to go for September 21st, November 13th just seems like a better spot for it. Like, have it be hot going into Christmas rather than a couple yeah, months old. I totally agree. Like, have those Black Friday deals, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like, have it be one of the hot holiday titles, you know, not that game that you missed in September that maybe you double back for. Right, yeah. Especially when the other things that it's competing with are, like, fucking Tomb Raider and Spider-Man. It's like... Yeah, though, having it come out within a week of Tomb Raider and Spider-Man's bad. Like, I really think everyone should have just pushed things out of September and October to clear space for Red Dead. Yeah, agreed. Um, There's really no room for anything in that vacuum right now i don't think in like november it's like you know if you're a crazy person like thompson you've probably already beat red dead redemption 2 or whatever else you were playing and uh you know maybe you you, you're ready for something new at that point right yeah although i do think that 
that Spider-Man and Tomb Raider are getting in at the right spot to be like hot deals titles mm-hmm. at Christmas. But those games, I think, are probably better served for that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, like, you'll feel better being like, oh, Rise of the Tomb Raider is 50 bucks instead of 60 on Black Friday. I should pick that up. Or the Spider-Man PS4 Pro bundle just got a $50 price yeah. cut. And, like, there is this the Spider-Man, you know, like, the bundle, like you said. There are other ways to market it. And, like, with Spyro, it's already a $40 game. So that's a game, even if they knock yep. five bucks off it, you're like, 35 bucks for this? Fuck yeah. Like, that's a great deal. You're paying, like, 10 bucks a title. Hard yep. to beat. Sean, looked like you were trying to get a word in before. Oh, I, I was just going to say that, you know, Spider-Man and Tomb Raider are big enough games that, uh, you know, they're going to have their own audience. Like, no game mm-hmm. is going to take... Sp- like, I'm not going to say... Well, I could get Spider-Man or I could get this. No, I'm going to get Spider-Man, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I just think, like, this game is looked at in a different way, in the same way that Crash was, where it's, like, it's a $40 throwback thing, you know? It's, like, it's not a $60 box title, and I think, I bet we'll be surprised by how well this sells in the same way we were with Crash, but uh, that's a game that I think will sell in perpetuity that well. You know, like, the Spyro collection will probably sell really well for the next six months or the next eight months or the next year, you know, in the same way that Crash did. Um, probably not quite as well, but I would imagine it'll have a similar tale like that where it almost doesn't matter when it comes out and the less stuff that is around it, I think, the better. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm wondering... I'm, I'm going to be interested to see how this does. I'm wondering what what kind of fan base there there is for Spyro. I was never a Spyro person. I don't know anybody who's a Spyro person other than you. Yo. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm interested in this. Yeah, for me, I, I am personally predicting that this game is going to perform at about the level we expected the Crash uh, one to perform. You know, like where we were like, oh, it'll probably sell well, but it, it won't be, it won't move the needle, you know? I think that's going to be what this is. And, like, Crash was a phenomenon that we in no way expected to be one of the best-selling games of the year. I think this will probably net out at, like, maybe 75% of that game's sales or maybe 60% of that game's sales, which I think is fine. You know, it'll still be profitable. Um, I just don't know that it's going to be like, oh, Spyro's back, holy shit! You know, like, we'll see. I hope I hope so. I love Spyro. I prefer Spyro to Crash. Um, That's a crazy man's take. I don't think so. I think those games actually hold up better. And I wonder if people getting their hands on this ignite, uh, the reignited trilogy is going to like uh, reignite. No pun intended. Oh, you that conversation. That pun. Or sparks the dragonfly. Yes, Thompson. <laughs> I'm good for something. <laughs> There's a reason you keep me around. All right, so uh, speaking of games that we're excited about for the rest of 2018, that is going to take us into our meat and potatoes discussion this week. Uh, Every once in a while, I like to kind of check in with you guys about this kind of thing. You know, and since we're coming up on the fall season and there are just so many really high-quality titles right around the corner, uh, I wanted to check in and ask, what is your most anticipated game left in 2018? Uh, But unfortunately, uh, Thompson does need to cut out. He's got to run to work. Um, and, uh, you know, so he's not going to be able to join us for this conversation. Yeah. I'll have to give you a follow-up answer next week. Cause, uh, I don't have one now anyway. So 
That's like it's better. It's better for the show. <laughs> <laughs> you got a whole shift at work to, to ruminate on it. And you can I've got a whole week for to ruminate. Week. <laughs> so Fair, that's true. <laughs> with your your pleb answers, I'm gonna have the most you know Diogenes level answer in seven days. <laughs> so, in any case, have fun, guys. All right, we'll see you All next right, week, bud. Love you. Peace, peace. All right, so now that the riffraff is gone, I mean, well, Andy's still here, but I can't get rid of him. So, uh, <laughs> uh, let's 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 dive into this discussion, you guys. It's uh, do, do either of you are either of you like ready to jump out with what your most anticipated game is? Because I've got a couple that I'm kind of mulling over for my pick. You know, it's it's tough to say for for the for the year. Yeah, like for the rest of 2018. Smash. Like, I want to. Yeah, yep. both of you are Smash is the answer. Yeah. Yeah. Show's over. Why? What? Why not? <laughs> That's it. Cut print, baby. We'll How see you next week. How many of these have we not done? You're asking me why? <laughs> That's it. That's Smash. Yeah, it's, it's Smash Brothers. It's got every character. My man Snake's going to be back. Hundred for the three versions of every map. We got Echo Fighters. Yeah. We got all this cool new shit. And you're like, oh, I Smash. Well, so, because here's my thing, right? And I, I anticipate getting some some pushback from you two guys. Smash is actually my third, I Behind think. Behind Red Dead and Spider-Man, right in that order? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and not not because I'm not super jazzed for Smash, uh, just because Smash could have come out last week, it could come out three months from now, it could come out next year. And I, I'd be hyped for it, and it's a game that I know I'll play for, you know, what? Probably the next five to ten years until we get another one, whatever. Uh, and I think, like, because of that, I am less excited for the, like, that day one, like, peel back. Because it's a thing I know I'm going to be going back to again and again and again and again. And that's awesome. But, like, the one experience I'll probably have with both Spider-Man and Red Dead is something I've been looking forward to for like a really long time. And uh, I'm just so excited to get into that. The Like for Spider-Man, I'm really excited to get into the story and explore like how deep it's going to go into the Marvel universe and like who, who are the other characters that haven't been revealed yet? Where's the story going to go? Does Insomniac pull it off? You know? And with Red Dead, uh, I'm super excited about the narrative, but I'm even more excited to just live in that world, you know, and like get that, like that's, I love Rockstar's open worlds, you know, and how like lived in and like alive they, they feel when they're done right, you know, and Red Dead, that was my favorite thing about it was like creating my own narrative, you know, of just having my experience exploring the world and choosing what I was going to do. And I can't wait to have those experiences again. And, like, generally, I, I think I'm just more emotionally invested in single-player experiences than multiplayer ones. You know, I think of, like, I'm I'm so excited for the first time that I'm going to get to sit down with three other people and play Smash. And I doubt that'll be the first day. You know? The day one I get it. And you got to get in on a midnight release game, son. I mean... You gonna come back to Jersey? <laughs> I got the internet. Oh shit, you're right. We can play online now. That's very true. It's very true. You make it a lot of sense. Hey, imagine Andy this Brown. guy being surprised in 2018 to play video games online. Uh, <laughs> it's a Nintendo game, 
So forgive me. I mean, we've been able to play Smash Online for three games in a row. But, like, have we? Yes. You remember playing on Wii. That was trash. Man, I, I cut my teeth on Smash Online in the Wii. Really? Yeah. I, dude, I, I guess I guess it was just my connection. We, we always had trouble with it, you know? I remember it was always like there was so much getting in a lobby and trying to, you know, like, it, and it was like there was a lot of lag. And for Wii U, it was a much better experience for me for Smash 4. Better, yes, but I was, man, that's where I got good, as they say. Uh, hey, listen, to each their own, right? You're excited for Red Dead 2, Sm- Spider-Man, that's great. Smash. It, it's the game that, look, those games, I'm going to play them, I'm going to beat them. I'm not going to beat Smash. I'm going to play it for years, and I'm excited to jump into that. And it, it, there's no, like, there, there is nothing that I'm more... I, excited about this is everything <laughs> this is everything to me so fine Sean. let me ask you this then maybe that was a stupid question what's the game you're second most excited for it's gotta be spider-man right spider-man yeah so are, is spider-man a day one purchase for you <laughs> of course it's free order it is. <laughs> i mean come on dude who knows with you it's 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 uh, you could buy it day one and leave it in plastic wrap for all i know that... world of warcraft's out yeah is the uh battle of the gonna be over by then uh no but that doesn't matter i'll when does when does it start again uh so heroic september opens 8th? on the 4th of september but that's irrelevant okay. mythic opens september 11th that's like four days okay. after spider-man so have... yes. yeah You'll have a couple. You'll have a couple interrupted, uninterrupted days. I mean, I only raid three hours a night, three nights a week. You know, I I have I have uh, the rest of that period to play or you know whatever. So, um, I'll, I'll make time. Trust me. <laughs> I'm excited, man. I'm excited for us to both be playing a new game at the same time actively. That's never happened on this show. Yeah, I don't think it has. The closest we ever came was God of War, and uh, neither one of us played that much. Yeah, we both were like, we both played like the first eight hours. We're like, oh my god, this is incredible, and then just like <laughs> got distracted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like the problem with that game for me, I keep wanting to pick it up again, but every time I do, I'm like, I feel like I should restart it, but I really don't want to restart it. You know, like I've gotten just far enough where I feel like I've done something, but it's like ah, I kind of feel like i need a refresher so maybe i'm gonna like have to go watch some like gameplay videos or something and like refresh my memory of what had happened but gotta play that before the end of the year for sure i feel like i wouldn't be doing my due diligence otherwise (laughs) but yeah man it's uh it's such a bummer to me that none of you guys are as hype about red dead redemption as i am i mean um i'm a hype just not as hype as you but like sucks like did you just hear yourself is that hype you said i'm hype yeah i mean i'll play it eventually great awesome this is this is this is the excitement i was looking for on this show andy i mean i like i'm old i don't have time for open worlds anymore (laughs) you got the excitement you wanted just not for the game you wanted we told you smash you want to hear us talk about red dead we're just not that hyped smash is the game of the year Listen, it's it's totally fine. I get it. I get it. Let's talk about Smash. Yeah. We all know how exciting Smash is going to be. I think the real question for me is going to be, like, because I, I know, like, for me, like, this is this is the Smash I want. You know, like, I'm I'm set. 
I think I'm I'm really excited to see what the competitive community's reaction is to it. And like, do we finally have a game that's capable of like really giving melee like a run for its money in the competitive scene? That'll never happen because uh the competitive scene wants a game that Nintendo will never again produce. Uh, because it, melee, which is just melee again, <clears throat> right? Melee was melee was unin, it it, it it was unintended that it became what it became. They didn't want that, and they tried very hard with uh, Smash for the Wii to get away from that, and then they leaned into it a little more with Smash for Wii U, but it's still not the same, and it never will be again. That speed that melee had, um, the the different texts that you could do that were actually glitches. Like, those things were not supposed to be there. So, uh, Nintendo's not going to put them back. And as a result, we'll never have that again. And that's fine, because Melee exists. Right, yeah, you don't need Melee again. And also, by the way, um, the competitive scene will migrate to the new hotness. Melee will always be there. Uh, people played Brawl like crazy. People played Smash 4 like crazy. Um, you know, people will play this game. And, and, and again, like, technically, it's going to be good because 4 was good, you know? And they're not changing much, uh, in in terms of the, the actual, like, gameplay of it. It's, it's, it's more of the same. And that's okay. Uh, so people will show up. Yeah, I have no doubt in my mind that people will show up. I guess it's just like, like you said, like people showed up for Brawl, but I feel like it was kind of like contentious, you know? Like the the core was not really happy with it. Where it seemed like, at least from my outside perspective, like for the most part they were happy with Smash 4. Like there's always going to be complaints, but... Smash 4 is a great game. Um, the the problem with, with Brawl was just simply what I said, that they tried to literally go as far in the other direction as they could from Melee. Yeah. And that felt bad. It felt like a rejection of the the portion of your fan base that kept the franchise alive. Because they didn't support Melee. There was no way to. We were talking about the GameCube, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> hardcore gamers are, are what kept that game alive the same way we kept Marvel alive for so many years. Uh, and then when they released the next the next installment, it felt like an fu to everybody who made Smash the phenomenon that it that it is. So yeah, I, I think that's definitely fair. Whereas like four definitely felt more catered to to that audience at least to some degree. Four was four was a happy medium. Four was it felt more like um, like a regular fighting game in the sense that. Street Fighter can, is playable by anybody, right? Uh, anyone can jump in and, and, and enjoy it. And there's competitive stuff in there. Uh, but if you're not a competitive player, those things don't matter to you. You know, uh, Smash 4 had some things that were for, you know, like for glory mode, right? On right. Online is like for me, right? Um, and so those things were like, for us, but then there was also the casual stuff. And it feels like this game is more of that, although I would argue probably even less of a direct 
catering towards the competitive gamers than the last game. You think? Because I, I feel like stuff like adding the uh, the points to the percentages, like something that already, like, you know, if you're a competitive player, you knew existed but wasn't represented. Um, it wasn't, like, codified, you know? Like, it wasn't a thing that was represented, like, in the actual games, like, the information the game was presenting you. And I feel like that's, like, something that feels, like, a little bit more toward, geared towards the comp- uh, the competitive scene. The training mode that we discussed uh, on the episode with Ed last week um, definitely seems like more traditional fighting game kind of stuff. You can learn the angles. You can learn um, – you were talking about, like, how you can really get a feel for uh, – like, what's the word? The um, – not projection, but like, like the knockback, the trajectory. Okay. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yes, um, and I feel like those are things that feel feel more geared towards the competitive community, as well as uh, you know, obviously we had Omega mode or whatever. That's right, right? Omegas last year or last last year, last generation of Smash, uh, and then now we have the Battlefield edition as well, which is pretty cool. So those things are quality of life changes, similar to everything else that the game is doing. They're not. Sure. They ha- I mean, I can't say they're not, but they haven't announced any sort of online ranking system. Uh, mm, like with okay. Smash Four, I had to literally get a pen and paper to mark down my wins and losses. That's stupid in twenty eighteen, or well, at that time it was twenty fourteen, but whatever. Sure. It's, it's stupid. Even then, do that now. Uh, so, me personally, I'm like kind of glad they're not catering as hard to the competitive community. Um, because I really like Smash in both its modes, and I feel like um, Smash 4 pushed a little further than I would have liked towards Smash is a serious fighting game for serious people. Wow. I just, like, the the For Glory, the give everything the same, like, boring Final Destination, um, the, like, constant patches based on community feedback where little Mac was annoying to fight until you learned how to fight him. So he got nerfed into the ground three weeks after release and never came out or, and never came back. I don't know. I, I like smash as a dumb party game as well as a competitive thing. And I really dislike the competitive smash community. Well, uh, the only thing that you said that wasn't preference was the little Mac thing. Like, all those things are options. You can turn them off. You don't have to engage with any of that if you don't want to. The little Mac thing, you'd be surprised how often changes like that are made due to regular people and not competitive players. If they really cared about competitive players, they would have nerfed Bayonetta, and they didn't. They left her the way she was, and that's why Evo happened the way it did. They don't care yeah. about the competitive Smash community, dude. If they did, Bayonetta would have gotten nerfed. Um, Meta Knight would have been nerfed in Brawl, and they left him alone, and that ruined did that they, game. Did, did they patch things in Brawl? Like, did the Wii have that capacity? I mean, I'm sure it did, right? Like, like I, you know, I, I genuinely don't remember. I... I'm gonna look that up because I'm I'm genuinely not sure either. Yeah, I, I I feel like had the capability maybe, but I don't know that that means that they did. They that. never patched Smash. I can tell you that, but I don't know that that means that they could not have. Okay, I just I yeah. then it, it probably didn't. Then I just assume they didn't because they didn't care. 
why why change Meta Knight when only a segment of your of your audience cares that he's broken? And again, same with Bayonetta. They left her alone. They they're trying with Bayonetta at least for Smash Ultimate. <laughs> right. But it took them four yeah. years to fix a problem. That's why I'm saying I don't I don't think I don't personally think that they care about competitive players as much as you think they do. I think they add those things for quality of life because there are people who play competitively and there are people who don't play competitively that still don't want to have to deal with stage hazards and things like that. That There are lots of people who suck that still don't want to deal with those things. Um, and again, they're all choices. You can play that way if you want to, but if you just want to have items and go crazy, you can do that too. And I don't see why it has to be one way or the other. Yeah, I, I, I really think that to me that's the thing that's most attractive about this game is that it's uh it's a absolute just cornucopia of options you know and, and like there's all this content but i think it's definitely made with the mindset that most people will not consume all of it right like the um Omega mode thing is like mostly for people who want to play competitively. Like if you're a casual player, you're going to just play on the actual stages, you know, and either deal with the hazards or, you know, or avoid the levels that don't have those things or that do have those things that bother you. Um, even if you are people who are trying to play competitively and not have items on or whatever, you know, but they give you the option if you want to just have that strict kind of, you know, setup. You've got the option. You can have all kinds of fun backgrounds and stuff. And I think little quality of life things like that, or little things that allow you to customize your experience to play the game that you, the, play the game the way that you want to play it, is something you don't see enough in Nintendo games. And it's something that Smash has always been fairly good at. And it's this time around seems like very good at. And uh, that's exciting to me, you know, because I would say I I definitely am with Andy where I I like playing Smash to try and get better, but I'm also not a competitive fighting game player. I never have been, and I don't think I really have the uh, the sheer force of will to be. Um, so it's like, I like having the ability to kind of switch the game at will to who I'm playing with. You know, if I'm playing with a more casual audience, if we are just trying to have a party, you know, we can play with items on, we can play with whatever on. If we are trying to, like, get good it's easy to just flip a couple switches, set some defaults or whatever, or change some defaults, and, you know, and just go. Right. And my point is that that all of that should exist, and it shouldn't. Be, you shouldn't have to lose one to get the other. Yeah. So yeah, I think so. I have a, a question for Sean that I don't think I asked last week, and forgive me if I did. Um, with the change where you can have final smashes as a charge instead of punching the smash ball do you think that will get seen in competitive at all no no i'd be really surprised um i i kind of like it because they're not op in that mode like they're kind of normalized and it feels more like a finishing move in like street fighter or something like that um but they're still as look, you guys aren't competitive players. I get that. So what I'm about to say is going to sound weird to you, but the the final smashes are not within the spirit of what competitive 
Smash Brothers has been traditionally. That doesn't mean that that won't change, but you're asking me my thought about it on the outset, and I just don't see that happening. Yeah, I, I think I think you're probably right, and uh, you know it's like I think I don't I don't think it sounds strange because it's like I know enough about the competitive Smash scene to know that that or to believe that's how they would feel, you know, like and I think that to me has always been the barrier. Um, between how I like to play in competitive Smash, because I feel like some of that stuff strips away some of the, like, stuff that makes Smash unique. But I also understand why, if you're trying to play in a completely skill-based environment, that you want to eliminate elements of um, chance, you know, and have it just be based on the two competitors' skills. And that's fair, you know? And I think it's just like... I respect that way of play. It's just not my preferred methodology, you know? And it's probably because I suck. <laughs> I mean, even if you don't, man, every every way that you choose to play any game is valid. It doesn't matter. And I think that's what's cool about Smash in general, is that the just there is so many there's so many ways to play and it just seems like we're just getting more and more options and I'm I'm really excited to see what that fourth unrevealed mode is. I think it's because... got to be some kind of subspace emissary, like, spiritual successor, right? Right, yeah. Like, or, like, adventure mode, maybe? Like, that's the only reason they're not talking about it at this point, or... And it's like, what else could it even be? Yeah. You know? Like, like <laughs> everything else is... This is the only thing that out. makes sense as a secret mode, other, other than, like, oh, man, we can't show you this. It's our options menu. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I wonder if it's going to be something as simple as, like, there's a story mode or, you know, there's an adventure mode and we're just not revealing that yet because they want another big bot, like, another pop before the release or they want us to have one secret waiting for us or whatever. Uh, or I wonder if it's part of some initiative that we just don't know the scope of yet because they're not ready to reveal it. You know, like, something like um, like some kind of... You know, like uh, like Mar- like a Mario Maker esque kind of thing of like, oh, there's gonna be this whole thing of like, you know, user generated content that you can get if you have Nintendo Online or whatever, or some other like kind of feature like that. That's just something we haven't even thought of yet. That already you know? existed, though. You could already make levels in Smash. Wasn't that only in? Is that still in in Smash Four? Um, because I know I know it was in in Brawl. But I don't really remember it. In to be honest with you, I never messed with it, so I don't yeah. know if they took it out or not. I, it, it doesn't come across my radar. I never played a good user-made brawl level, so I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if they took it out. It was just like yeah, all my no. friends be like, oh, look, I can use the, the, the platforms to draw a big dick and make you fight inside it. <laughs> yeah, stupid shit like that. Uh, and that's the thing is, like, I... I'm not interested in a level creator, but the idea of it being a thing where you could, like, get other people's from, like, an online marketplace could be interesting. Because people who are, like, actually good at level design might make stuff that's actually cool. But I I don't even, like, necessarily mean that. I just mean something like that. Like, some kind of online functionality that goes deeper than just online fighting that they're, like, waiting to reveal at, like, another direct moment, you know? But I think the probably the more likely thing is like some kind of single player content, or like co op, but subspace emissary type thing. Like, yeah, like some yeah, kind sure. of like story esque thing. 
Yeah. I hope so. I think because I liked subspace. I think we'll get like one more direct between now and the release that details that mode and gives us like the last characters on the roster. Well, and then remember uh, a couple episodes ago when we were talking about the um, from their their financials report, and they had said that there were a few other pe- like major pieces of software that they hadn't announced that were going to come out at the end of 2018 or before the end of 2018. Uh, so I, I think another direct that gives us one last smash pop and then announces a couple other games or something yep. seems totally, totally likely. I think, I think if it's if they're just gonna sneak roll them out like that, it's it's already August, right? Like most of the games that are coming out, we know about. I think if they're gonna sneak roll it out, it'll be stuff like it's Mario Maker on the Switch. Yeah, or like uh, there there was a a piece of news or. Not necessarily news. There's a rumor that didn't make it to the news list this week that was about the um, – there's rumblings from a leaker who had released information about Mario plus Rabbids before it came out. Okay. And was then proved right, uh, who's now saying that uh, Super Smash – or not Super Smash Brothers, uh, Super Mario World U or Super Mario Bros U. I don't remember which one. Super Mario Bros U. Yeah, because World is the other one. Um, the one that had the Luigi DLC later. Okay, that would be coming to Switch. So the the two D platformer. Um, so I could see something like that being announced, and then kind of just, you know, oh, it's out. Yeah, you know, it's out next week or whatever. It's out holiday. Um, something like that would totally make sense, and it's one of the few games left on the Wii U's roster that hasn't made the jump. And uh, you know, they're Mario games; they sell like fucking crazy. Yep. So. I'm hoping against hope that the uh, the Fire Emblem Shin Megami Tensei makes the jump. Because I think that makes a lot of sense, too. That, that game is marketed at me and me. <laughs> That's the thing, though, man. I the, People love Atlas games. People it's love true. Fire Emblem, and it was trapped on the Wii U. Uh, there's an audience for that game, and it's just not on the Wii U, and I think it, it is on the Nintendo Switch. So I think that game making a jump seems totally likely to me as well. I mean, it seems to be everything has an audience on the Nintendo Switch. Like, Pretty much. <laughs> to release an, a Switch port of Atari ET and like somebody would buy it. Like, yes, I've been really holding out for this on the Switch. That's the one that pushes me over the edge. <laughs> so yeah, I, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what's left to learn about Smash because it feels like we've had a lot of the, the cards kind of flipped over at this point. But I remember I felt that way coming out of E3. And then they surprised me a lot with this Direct. So, you know, I think there's probably still still a good amount left under their cap that we'll, uh, we'll definitely get before the game comes out in just a few months, which is crazy to think. Right? But we're... In four months, we'll be playing Smash. And Spider-Man will be a long-forgotten memory by that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it will be a, a eternal flame that burns in my heart forever. Uh, so, uh, if you guys want to let us know what is your most anticipated game left in 2018, you can let us know in the comments down below. Hit us up at the video game pals at gmail.com or let us know on social media at the comics pals, wherever your social media is sold. 
and uh, we'll read them on the air. We'd love to hear from you and uh, what games you're most looking forward to. Are there any games that like we you feel like we missed? Like anything that's, you know... Uh, Andy didn't even talk about being excited for Tomb Raider, which I guess speaks to the fact that nobody's going to play that game, so... Wow, rude. I didn't talk about Tomb Raider because I was talking about Smash, and you were like, oh, let me talk about <laughs> my other games, too. <laughs> uh, so if you want to give Tomb Raider some love, hit us up in any of those ways, and uh, we'll, we'll read your thoughts on the air next week. And uh, before we get out of here, you know, uh, remember that you guys can uh, help the show by giving us a like on your platform of choice. If you're a YouTube person, give us a like, uh, subscribe to the channel, click that notification bell, share the show with your friends, and let them know that you're enjoying the Video Game Pals every Tuesday on podcast platforms and Fridays on YouTube. And, uh, you know, hopefully they'll come join us as well. So uh, before we get out of here, let's do some plugs. Sean? Cool. So uh, you can hear me on the Comics Pals this week. Uh, it's actually just Pete and I, so you can hear just the two of us. We trimmed the fat over there on that show. Fucking classic episode. Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. I hear and, you guys uh, uh, might have some openings. You, uh, you look for... <laughs> <laughs> we might, man. We might uh, actually need to call you really soon to uh, have you join us. Uh, but we talked this week about James Gunn's firing from Disney and kind of the final nail in the coffin of that relationship for now. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> If you want to get more from me, uh, I am on Twitter and Instagram at Sean Soapbox. Um, so you can find me over on Twitter at Tiger underscore Millions. Um, I don't have as wide of a brand reach as Sean. I'm only on one social media platform. <laughs> but you can find my hot takes. I'm always down to talk about stuff that drives Pete crazy and slash or the new Tomb Raider game. There you go. And as always, if you want to connect with me, I'm at loud underscore Pete on Twitter and Instagram. You can uh, catch me on the Comics Pals with Sean. You can catch me on Pals Plays with Thompson, who you can find on social media at Relic Vampire. Uh, snuck that one in there. <laughs> and uh, I've uh, I've, all, I've had some cool new stuff going on lately. I don't remember if I mentioned it on this show, but uh, I started releasing some music that I've been working on recently. You can go follow my SoundCloud. Uh, I'm soundcloud.com slash the Jetpack Advantage. Uh, where I'm putting out chiptune and lo-fi hip-hop beats, so go check that stuff out. Uh, and then I just recently, uh, actually as of today, can officially announce um, that I am joining the team over at uh, Loot Pots, which is a new website being run by uh, Pixelpar, who's a, uh, a known leaker who we've actually sourced on the show a couple times. So I'm really excited to be working with him. I'm going to be doing some Nintendo Switch reviews, doing Nintendo news over there. So it uh, would be really cool if you guys would go give at uh, Loot Pots a follow on Twitter. Go check out the website and uh, support my work. Can you uh, spell that for and the kids at home, Peter? That is Loot Pots, L-O-O-T-P-O-T-S. Thank you, Andy. Um, yeah, LootPots.com. So go check that stuff out and uh, show a little bit of support. I'd really appreciate it. And um, with that, we're going to wrap it up for the video game pals this week. We'll see you guys next